The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Sustainability from Within with your host, Sibeli Salviato. If you've ever asked yourself questions about how to bring about real change in your world and the world of those around you, you're going to love what we have in store for you today and every week. You can empower yourself to be that change agent. Now, here is Savelli Salviato. Oh, here we are. Hello. Um, in this uh, Christmas holiday week. Uh, we are bringing here a very special guest today in the Sustainability from Within show. Her name is Raquel Biederman. Maybe here in the US she is known as Rachel. Do you prefer that I call you Rachel or, or Raquel? In the US it's good to be to call, be called Rachel. That's okay. Good. Thank okay. you. Rachel Biederman is um, a director for World Resources Institute in Brazil. Actually, she launched uh, World Resources Institute in Brazil, which is a very known uh, NGO uh, worldwide, uh, publishing very uh, be- beautiful reports and very important reports in environmental and climate change issues. Um, Rachel is, um, you know, considered as a key mover and shaker in climate change throughout Brazil. She has a lot of um, uh, beautiful things in her uh, Resume a lot of actions actually teachings in in, in important schools and uh, acting uh, coordinating low car- carbon management uh, in other schools and t- teaching sustainability management. Um, also, Rachel has a very beautiful beautiful is the word of the day today. Have you noticed? <laughs> <laughs> so Rachel has a very strong academic uh, record. Um, she was selected as a fellow at the Science, Technology, and Society program at Harvard GFK, GFK School of Government. She also has a PhD in public administration for a very a first-year university in Brazil. And she holds a master in environmental sciences from University of Sao Paulo, which is another uh, first-year university in Brazil. So here we are. Uh, and um, another piece of information is that Rachel was in France uh, two weeks ago um, following COP21, um, which was a very well su- successful uh, meeting on environment in a global-wise uh, dimension. So here we are. Rachel, nice to meet you. Nice to be with you here today. Be welcome. Thank you, Sibel. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here with you. Mm-hmm. Okay, so why uh, why don't we start with you telling us a little bit how did you get interested in in those subjects, those subjects of sustainability and environment and climate change? How does that happen to you? I think since I was a kid, I. I was very connected to nature. I was raised in a um, smaller city in the interior of Brazil mm-hmm. and uh, with contact with nature. And for my vacation time, my mother used to send me and my brother 
to spend time with my grandparents in a small uh, farm. And uh, my grandfather used to take us, you know, planting into the waterfalls and into the forest in a beautiful area in the Atlantic rainforest in Brazil. So I grew very close to nature and that was always, you know, uh, very, very nature, being close to nature was very close to my heart. And when I, I joined law school, I was a bit lost. I didn't know exactly what to do. I was not very um, happy um, becoming a lawyer mm-hmm. until I found environmental law at the very end of my, my, my program. And I also joined a program in the United States, in a master's program in environmental law um, at the American University in Washington, D.C., And that is where I started working with environmental protection, actually. It was in the U.S., not in Brazil, Oh, um, doing the master's program. Mm -hmm. Nice. Nice, nice. How long was that? That was from 91 to 92. Mm -hmm. Um, I was um, 22 years old, I think, back then. Mm. Uh, And also, I, I managed, I was very lucky to be invited to work as an intern at the World Wildlife Fund, the WWF uh, organization, Mm. and for some time also with the Center for International Environmental Law, CL. Mm. So I was very lucky during the the course of that year to be able to become an intern in in two big international organizations. And um, I I really uh, enjoyed being close to, um, you know, that kind of activity um, uh, in advocacy. So... From then on, I never left my advocacy work in working for NGOs. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. That's a beautiful background, actually. Uh, and um, tell me, you know, with this background and with this uh, love that you just um, report from nature, which, you know, some of us really does have, you know, um, how, what, tell us a little bit about your experience in, in working with this to, throughout these years in Brazil. You know, what are your, um, what are your experience uh, telling about the things that well, were good and well succeed and you really saw some improvements and, you know, in terms of protecting the environment? And what are the things that you, th- you, th- you think we are still back, you know, holding back or we still need to improve the way that we approach um, I've been working in environmental protection in Brazil for the past 24 years. Most of the time I, I work for not-for-profit organizations supporting their advocacy work or uh, research work or education work. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we have uh, improved in terms of environmental legislation. We have very good um, uh, legislation in Brazil. Our problem here basically is enforcement. Mm-hmm. We don't have very good command and control uh, action by environmental agencies. They normally lack capacity, resources, and money to implement the laws they're supposed to enforce. So that is what has been keeping Brazil from um, becoming a real environmental power, I would say, in terms of economics and um, social and environmental aspects. Mm-hmm. Uh, we struggle now with a strong uh, recession. Our economy is very bad. And that has also created impact in environmental protection. Mm-hmm. We see um, uh, that our um, deforestation rates in the Amazon are growing. Mm-hmm. 
So we still struggle with this very basic um, uh, challenge, which is to protect the forests. Uh, this country is quite blessed. We have the Atlantic rainforest along the coast. We have the Amazon forest in the very north. And protecting those has, has been uh, a lot of what I have been trying to do throughout my career. Mm-hmm. Uh, the good thing is that in Brazil we have very strong um, social movements, environmental groups. Also academia has produced very good um, research so we have plenty of information and mobilization around uh, environmental protection themes. And also the media is quite active and aware and has been bringing to light um, the issues, uh, the most pressing issues in the country. So, so we have a lot, long ways to go. We have um, you know, a huge challenge right now before, you know, after Brazil has engaged in the climate agreement in Paris. Mm -hmm. So a lot of homework to do in the next decade or so. Um, But I think we we can deliver. Mm -hmm. That's good. That's good news. (laughs) Yes. So you mentioned that you um, would spend some part of your your childhood in uh, in a farm in Mata Atlantica, right? In Atlantic Forest, uh, which I myself had it very dear in my heart. I think it's one of the most beautiful kind of forest uh, worldwide speaking. It's really wonderful. If you focus on that uh, in your experience and in your work, how do we look like? How do we look like in terms of protection of the small piece that we that remains? Because we don't have many more around Um but uh, but I would like to hear from you how we are, how we are in that stand, you know. Uh, so uh, we only have left around seven percent of the original forest that was here when the Portuguese arrived in the 1500s, and um, so that seven percent is still protected mainly because government, you know, at the federal, state, and local levels have created legislation and passed. Uh, laws and also created parks and protected areas mm-hmm. and many of those uh, forests are along big slopes uh, so it's hard to to deforest and get to that region because it's quite remote and quite difficult to 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 reach thanks god um, yeah thank god that <laughs> those those big mountain ranges are there mm-hmm. uh, but also you know along um um you know, the south of Bahia and certain north of Paraná, south of the state of Sao Paulo, there's still big remnants of mm-hmm. Atlantic rainforest mm-hmm. that are quite protected by, you know, strong and committed um, law enforcement officials, but also environmental groups that are, you know, making sure that these areas remain protected. Mm-hmm. And now the good news is that we have a strong movement uh, for restoration of degraded lands. Oh. So um, more and more we see that, you know, from small landowners to big landowners to environmental movements, um, people are getting engaged in planting back, mm-hmm. in restoring degraded areas mm-hmm. um, for environmental reasons, but also because we have suffered very severe drought in the southern part of the country, in the southern east, eastern part of the country. Mm. And uh, it has become um, uh, public policy in some states to, become, to start to restore Atlantic rainforest. So 
we may see in the future that areas that you know were completely degraded will come back um, will become forest again mm-hmm. do, do you have examples of that happening um, yeah actually the state of Espiritu Santo mm-hmm. they have um, a very strong program led by the state government the environmental secretariat mm-hmm. um, where they pay for environmental services so the governor has decided to put together a, a big plan and a very ambitious plan um, they have committed to restore around 80,000 hectares. Wow. And they pay the landowners to either conserve what they have in terms of remaining forests in their land or to, rep- uh, to reforest degraded land. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this has become quite successful. Mm-hmm. The state of Sao Paulo also has started a, a similar program uh, focusing mostly on restoring riparian um, forests along the rivers, mm-hmm. uh, given the, the very strong drought that we have had the past year. Yeah. Uh, also, in the state of Mato Grosso, there are you know, strong efforts to restore a huge area of 2.9 um, million hectares. Mm-hmm. So um, the, 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 the movement is on, and we have some... Um, now, uh, support from the BNDS, the National Development Bank, for mm-hmm. projects like that. Mm-hmm. And they are supporting restoration efforts all along the Atlantic um, coast, uh, which are quite exciting and have been involving hundreds of people. Mm-hmm. And also supporting small businesses of um, um, seedlings and um, nurseries along the, the, the coastal area which are quite exciting. Mm-hmm. No, that's fantastic. That's good news. <laughs> awesome. So, um, and, you know, what, what we can share, we have uh, only three minutes before our break, but I think that it would be nice if you can uh, um, share with, with us a little bit about Amazonic Forest. Uh, you know, we we keep saying worldwide that Amazon is the the, the uh, lungs of the world, and you know, unfortunately, the news that we received um, from outside the country are not really good. So, what would you say briefly, and then we can continue after br- the break about uh, about it a little bit. So, the Amazon forest uh, has been degraded quite severely in the past um, thirty to forty years. Um, in the 60s and 70s, unfortunately, it was a public policy to stimulate, um, you know, cutting down trees to um, colonize and occupy those lands. Mm-hmm. So people were even encouraged to be forest. Um, now um, we have, uh, from the beginning of the 2000s on, uh, there has been a decrease in deforestation, but we still... Uh, are damaging a lot the forest. We have been um, deforesting quite strongly. Mm-hmm. It's about 6,000 kilometers, um, uh, square kilometers of forest are, are deforested every year. Wow. So that should not be happening at this point in time mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't need to uh, destroy that forest for economic reasons. We have plenty of land. This is a huge country. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of land where people can plant and, and develop, you know, agriculture, 
practices. Mm-hmm. And um, that is the main concern. So government has um, proposed that we um, aim at zero deforestation uh, in a couple of years from now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but environmentalists have been saying, you know, it's, it's about time we have stopped um, and deforesting in the Amazon. So it's, it's a huge challenge, something that no government has been able to uh, solve yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, it depends a lot on the collaboration and cooperation of many stakeholders. It's quite, quite a huge challenge. Yeah, definitely. So we are going to break for, for a moment right now, two, two minutes of break, and um, we're going to come back and maybe we can explore a little bit your vision of how we can you know, help to, to solve this problem and many other subjects that are regarding uh, sustainability from within. So keep tuned. We're going to come back with uh, Rachel Biedemann in a moment. Thank you. As a Pathwork helper and a professional integral coach, Sibeli will help deepen your knowledge about yourself and support you in your journey toward self-acceptance and self-love. She does this by exploring and applying the teachings of the Pathwork Guide, a profound philosophy based on self-responsibility and truthfulness, and framing it into the broad and inspiring integral theory from Ken Wilber. Visit SibeliSalviato.com to find out more. Your first consultation is free of charge. That's SibeliSalviato.com. As a Pathwork helper and a professional integral coach, Sibeli will help deepen your knowledge about yourself and support you in your journey toward self-acceptance and self-love. She does this by exploring and applying the teachings of the Pathwork Guide, a profound philosophy based on self-responsibility and truthfulness, and framing it into the broad and inspiring integral theory from Ken Wilber. Visit SibeliSalviato.com to find out more. Your first consultation is free of charge. That's C-I-B-E-L-E-S-A-L-V-I-A-T-T-O dot com. You are listening to Sustainability from Within with Sibeli Salviato. To reach the show today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email... Sibeli can be reached at sibelisalviato at me.com. Now, back to Sustainability from Within. And hello, we are back to Sustainability from Within. Um, we have today a very special guest. Her name is Rachel Biederman. If you were here listening before, you know that she is an expert in, expert in climate change. And she was talking a little bit about herself and about her uh, experience in, in recovering uh, in, in the recovery of forests in Brazil. And, and in this block, we are going to talk about a little bit more about Amazon forest, um, which is considered the lungs of the world and, of course, a worldwide um, issue or, or I, I hope, solution for whatever we are facing in climate change in the world. So, so Rachel, uh, you were talking about the things that shouldn't be happy, uh, happening right now in, in, in terms of deforestation in Amazon forest. Um, and um, I, I heard you saying 
which makes me very happy that actually we don't need that land uh, because Brazil is huge. There are other resources and instead of using Amazon forest for agriculture or, or animal, uh, animal agriculture as well. Um, so um, how, you know, what is your, what is your vision? How we can help um, the many stakeholders or, you know, what vision do you hold for us to, to address Amazon forest or Amazon deforestation? Uh, I hope that, you know, in the near future, we will be able to tackle this problem in Brazil. We know um, what needs to be done. Um, a few um, simple measures uh, uh, are needed. Uh, I think to start with, we need government, uh, federal and state governments that manage uh, the resources in those areas to invest more public money towards command and control activities to mm -hmm. send the police force in the, to those very remote regions. Mm -hmm. We know that a lot of the deforestation that takes place is simply because there's no um, command and control, there's no police in those regions, very remote, very um, easy for illegal loggers to assess mm -hmm. and um, very difficult to fight back. So... Um, with a little bit of investment on the, from the public sector, we, we could probably uh, manage those. My organization is now involved in bringing to Brazil an initiative called the, the, Glo um, the, the Global Forest Watch. Mm -hmm. um, and this initiative will help um, identify with, within a period of a, one week a new deforestation uh, taking place. Mm -hmm. And that may help IBAMA, our environmental agency, to be more efficient in, 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 uh, um, in controlling and avoiding deforestation. What happens today is that illegal loggers are so, um, you know, such, uh, work very professionally, very, uh, very effectively, mm -hmm. and they manage to get into areas where there, there's no police, no, no control mm -hmm. and they cut the logs uh, within a month and they you know um, ship them away uh, and in, in that period of time it's not enough time for the the environmental agents to get them and, mm -hmm. and to put them in jail or to to uh, avoid that damage. Uh, with the Global Forest Watch, now we will be able to get there faster and perhaps avoid deforestation from happening. Mm -hmm. And it's really quite um, um, strange to think that in today's age, you know, we're in the 21st century with very good satellite imagery, uh, that things like this still take place, but they do because um, there is absolutely... Um, very limited res human resources and equipment mm -hmm. to avoid that from happening. Well, uh, go ahead. No, I, I would say that, and in, in, in the places are really, really remote. I was, uh, I was seeing um, a documentary uh, recently about. I don't remember exactly what it was about, but uh, but they were uh, talking about indigenous uh, people, and they were talking about new. Uh, tribes, new, you know, totally new to to the society. Tribes that are really hidden in the Amazon forest. They were flying over 
people who had never ever had contact with white people. Uh, so it, they that region is really can be really remote and di- and with difficult access. I think that this is uh, one of the difficulties that you're you're mentioning, right? Yeah, and it's amazing. It's true. There are still indigenous tribes that have never been contacted by, by um, you know, the Western civilization and. Um, our uh, indigenous uh, agency, indigenous protection agency, they they make it very um, um, they make it very um, hard for people to get close to those tribes. They don't want anyone near them. Mm-hmm. It's, it, the shock is very it's tremendous for that type of community. They live, they have um, habits of you know, yeah. 2,000 years ago, it's, yeah. it's a, a tremendous shock for them when they get in touch with yeah. Western civilization. Uh, I, I hope they succeed in maintaining ourselves far from them. <laughs> yes, yes, hopefully. Uh, there are very few of them left, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So one curiosity, uh, again, regarding, still regarding Amazon forest, actually I have two curiosities, but I'll, I'll start with the first one. I know that um, that the raising of cows and you know animal agriculture, as we call it here, is um, you know if 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 it's not the first one uh, around the the second uh, main cause of Amazon deforestation from the south to the north, right? Um, from the end of uh, Mato Grosso and the beginning of Amazon State. Um, what do you know about that? Or how do your program of um, the, the deforestation watch, which I think is wonderful, can help with the private initiative that is behind um, the deforestation as well? And I'm talking about, quote unquote, legal deforestation in this case. Yes, there is legal deforestation. That is quite a challenge. Um, so one of the main sources of um, impact on the forest is is cattle uh, raising, Mm -hmm. and Brazil has the biggest cattle population in the world. We have more cattle than human beings. It's more than 200 million um, cattle, and um, it's quite a, you know, strong economy for us. Mm -hmm. Uh, The the way we raise cattle is not sustainable. It's um, very uh, um, extensive type of, of, of production, the pasture is not uh, well taken care of. So there's a lot of emissions of greenhouse gases that cause the the climate change um, um, as a result of that. Mm-hmm. And uh, we now have a policy called the low-carbon agriculture policy. It was passed in 2009. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it establishes that cattle raising will need to follow certain um, new technologies to be able to um, um, mitigate the emissions. We have to reduce emissions from those practices. And our um, agriculture think tank called Embrapa mm-hmm. has developed in the past couple of years a couple of um, of methods, uh, and they're now engaging with landowners across the country mm-hmm. to teach them to raise cattle in a different way, mm-hmm. which is more sustainable. Mm-hmm. And also to recover pasture so that by planting new pasture and uh, covering the land, um, we avoid the um, greenhouse gas from escaping from the soil. Mm-hmm. And uh, those are, you know, part of the challenges we have uh, now in this, in this field. But 
there's a lot of work to do to deliver on the big ambition that Brazil has presented in Paris at mm -hmm. the climate conference uh, last week. Oh, talk a little bit about it. Uh, what are the news that you were bringing for, from Paris? So it was quite exciting. It's quite a moment in a turn, turning point in humanity's um, history, I would say. Uh, it's, it's, it was, I mean, uh, I, I would say even um, kind of a, a very emotional moment for many of us who have been fighting uh, this battle for so many years. Mm -hmm. uh, finally, um, world leaders came together and decided that we needed an agreement Uh, that is ambitious enough to save humanity. We know that the planet will still be here, but humanity may not if we don't succeed. Yeah. We have a window of about a little bit more than a decade to solve this problem. Wow. And the good news is that the message from Paris is strong. Um, leaders have agreed that we should make all efforts possible to avoid um, the average temperature from raising above 1.5 uh, degrees centigrade. Mm -hmm. And uh, for that, uh, we will need to engage quite strongly from now on. Mm -hmm. uh, I think the good news is that we already are in the process of making the necessary changes. A lot of the changes are taking place in um, economies like the US or China and even India that are the the biggest greenhouse gas emitters. Mm -hmm. And the main change has to do with the, how we produce electricity, how we use energy. We have to start, um, we have to uh, completely eliminate fossil fuels from our energy base. Mm -hmm. uh, we need to uh, substitute fossil fuels by uh, using, you know, solar uh, energy, or which is the, the very first and main source of energy anyway. Mm -hmm. um, wind uh, is another important source. So uh, changes are on, on the way. There are policies that are being passed in many countries. Mm -hmm. We need a strong signal from market, though. Now we need to reinstall what used to be called the carbon market. That is uh, very important for us to be able to deliver in time. Mm -hmm. I see. Any any comment on? Uh, I know that I've, I've been reading, of course, about that, but uh, I, I would like to hear from you if any comment on um, on animal agriculture, on cattle raising, and other kinds of animal, because I know that this is also it's food, it's sensitive, and it's also a big player in the problems that we face in climate change, right? Uh, sorry, uh, Sibel, I didn't get your question uh, on agriculture or? Uh, or animal agriculture or cattle raising. Uh, as we were talking about that in Brazil, I also know that worldwide food, the, the raising of animals for food is a big player in the climate change. And um, I, I wonder if you heard something about that or if this, this, is, this was present at all in, uh, in Paris uh, Convention. Yes, actually, you know, planting soya in many um, parts of the world uh, is done to feed animals. Mm -hmm. And uh, the way that this very intensive um, planta uh, planting takes place uh, creates a lot of emissions of greenhouse gases. What we need to do is change the way in which we are planting. Mm -hmm. We have to avoid using certain uh, pesticides and... and, and um, chemicals that uh, increase the level of emissions also mm -hmm. um, 
uh, the way we, we, we manage the soil is another problem because we release a lot of greenhouse gases when we, we, we um, use the soil very intensively. And we, and so there, there is a need to make big changes in the way we, we plant, we produce food for animals or for human beings mm-hmm. uh, around the world. A, a big part of the solution for the climate change challenge comes from changing um, uh, the way we produce uh, food and the way we deal with with land. Mm-hmm. I see. I hear you. And also a, a good part of the solution will need to come from planting trees. That's why we are in the era of restoration, which I think has a very good connection with spirituality because mm-hmm. we're not only restoring the planet, we are storing, restoring our souls. We mm-hmm. need to reconnect with nature mm-hmm. and part of the solution comes from restore restoration which is planting trees mm-hmm. and in a way as people get involved in those um, initiatives around the globe mm-hmm. I think they reconnect not only to nature but also to God in a way mm-hmm. well that's really interesting you know that sustainability from within has everything to do with that you know how individually yes. we can be the change you want to see in the world and um, uh, not only uh, by planting the trees and I think this is wonderful how we can reconnect back to nature but also changing our habits our consumption you know the consumption thing and the food habits that we have so there are uh, lots of things that we can also um, contribute by being more connected with our source, let's say like that. So um, this is a beautiful conversation. And um, and maybe we can have that conversation in the next block. So we can sure. stop for the break. Uh, and, um, you know, if you're there listening, don't listen. The, don't miss the, the next block because it's going to be the missing link for how we can be the change that we want to see in the world. So keep tuned. We're going to be back in two minutes. As a Pathwork helper and a professional integral coach, Sibeli will help deepen your knowledge about yourself and support you in your journey toward self-acceptance and self-love. She does this by exploring and applying the teachings of the Pathwork Guide, a profound philosophy based on self-responsibility and truthfulness, and framing it into the broad and inspiring integral theory from Ken Wilber. Visit SibeliSalviato.com to find out more. Your first consultation is free of charge. That's C-I-B-E-L-E-S-A-L-V-I-A-T-T-O dot com. As a Pathwork helper and a professional integral coach, Sibeli will help deepen your knowledge about yourself and support you in your journey toward self-acceptance and self-love. She does this by exploring and applying the teachings of the Pathwork Guide, a profound philosophy based on self-responsibility and truthfulness, and framing it into the broad and inspiring integral theory from Ken Wilber. Visit SibeliSalviato.com to find out more. Your first consultation is free of charge. That's SibeliSalviato.com. You are listening to Sustainability from Within with Sibeli Salviato. 
to reach the show today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, Sibeli can be reached at Salviato at me.com. Now, back to Sustainability from Within. And here we are back to Sustainability from Within with Rachel Biderman. She is a director of World Resources Institute in Brazil. Um, I'm very proudly um, in- introduced her like that because I myself, I've been uh, following World Resources Institute and the beautiful work that this institution has been doing around the world. And I'm glad that you, Rachel, is there in Brazil leading this work. Uh, so... Um, I'm like you're here, and I'm like that we are we are back to talk about um, the, uh, the 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 broader aspect of sustainability. So, in the last block, we were talking about a little bit of uh, the possible solutions for the, the problems that we've been facing in Amazon forest and worldwide by by the news that you were beautiful news that are bringing for, from Paris. And it was very interesting that in the end you mentioned the spirituality by connecting this with the the, the uh, what did you call the year of uh, re- the, restoration, right? Yeah, the restoration era. Yeah, re- restoration era. Uh, nice, I like that. So in the restoration era, maybe it's our call to reconnect uh, with nature, right? Well, so before we go there directly, I would like to to listen from from you. Um, what is your understanding of spirituality? Um, I, I think it's the connection we have with uh, a, a bigger source, um, our you know stronger energy. Uh, I call it God. People mm-hmm. have different names. Uh, I believe in one God too. So I think this is um, uh, one of the main dimensions that human beings have. And we need um, to have that connection to have a balance in life. Uh, so I, I don't believe that we necessarily need to follow a religion. Um, some people are more comfortable when they follow a religion. I myself have been raised Catholic, but my father is Jewish. So I kind of mixed, mm-hmm. um, uh, have a mixed background. And I, I became ecumenic at, at this point in my, my life. Uh, I, I tend to follow the Catholic uh, uh, traditions, um, but I, I, I think that God is everywhere and God has no religion for me. Mm-hmm. So spirituality for me is having that connection with that stronger source of, of energy that keeps us alive and happy and uh, makes us move towards uh, the light, towards enlightenment or towards um, you know, a happier uh, life. Mm-hmm. Maybe oneness, maybe remembering that we are all one, right? Yes, oneness. I love that concept. Exactly. Yeah, yeah beautiful. And, you know, how did you, do you think that this uh, spirituality and the way that you were brought up and your, your connection with spirituality has helped you in your, in your profession, uh, in, your, in your mission to save us, actually? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think it's, 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 it's how I got connected to an environmental movement or um, environmental protection is because of my spirituality. I always knew that I wanted to help uh, protect the other creatures that God has created. I, I have never found it fair that human beings um, 
destroy so much of what we have been granted for free. And uh, I find it a bit um, sad that we don't respect the other types of lives and uh, that live on this planet. So I have always had that spiritual um, uh, guidance uh, in my professional life. Mm-hmm. In, in tough times, uh, also, I, I resort a lot to my prayer, pray, prayers and and to meditation, and to, you know, um, my intuition, Mm -hmm. so that I can understand what's happening around me. We live in tough times, human beings are easy. Um, Mm -hmm. So spirituality helps me uh, keep up the good fight, helps me stay strong, and not um, give up because uh, once you learn about the very sad um, conditions we we are leaving our planet in uh, it's easy to give up Mm -hmm. yeah but I think spirituality helps you to never give up and to keep up very optimistic Mm -hmm. beautiful beautiful I I, I'm there with you (laughs) (laughs) I know I know Yeah, it's a new approach, I guess. Not not that new because of, you know I've been reading and knowing about other people that has this kind of same approach. But uh, it's in a sense new because uh, even though it's it, it seems that it's less of a taboo to talk about the spirituality in the uh, professional environment, I think that it's becoming more natural. Let's say like that, right? Yes, I think we are finally at an age where people are more open about this. I think we spend way too much time becoming, you know, valuing the um, rationality mm-hmm. too much. Mm-hmm. And uh, I believe human beings are made of, you know, we have different dimensions to us. We have the physical dimension, we have the emotional dimension, and the spiritual dimension and the mental dimension. And, and we need to have a balance between all of those. And we spent, I think, ages or centuries valuing the, the, the rational, rational part of our um, being. And that caused us to become very selfish, I think. Mm-hmm. I think one of the causes why we are, are, you know, came to a point where we're destroying uh, the, the creatures of nature is because uh, we became so individualistic, so, so selfish. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that has to do with, uh, I think, a, a, um, a, the rational approach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And what, I, what I've been exploring here in those shows uh, also is the fact that we believe ourselves to be separate from it, you know, as if nature was something else, as if we were not in nature. <laughs> Which which yes. is a weird concept, but we act as if we're not not nature. And I think that in the past, we as human beings were fighting nature for survival. And now suddenly we find ourselves in this place where we need to recognize ourselves as nature for survival as well, right? Yeah, it's, it, we became very detached from nature. And I think the more we become urban um, beings, we, we detach more, even more. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when, when you learn about the habits and the culture of indigenous peoples, you see how connected they are and how dependent they are on nature yeah. and how they see themselves as part of an ecological system. But they also uh, have um, the same feeling towards the 
spirituality. And it's all one sole thing. There's no detachment. Spirituality is part of, you know, the physical life and, and, and vice versa. Mm-hmm. And as we became urban and we became very, you know, um, materialistic, we, we, we lost that kind of, of connection. And I think we are in an era now of awakening. And I'm very, very pleased at that. I see many people who are not happy with, you know, consumer habits who are not happy about the material life that they live they know that you know um, families are get, um, are getting separated mm-hmm. and um, they they miss something they are not full mm-hmm. and they're looking for help and once they find the spirituality which is part of us it's 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 all inside of us um, they somehow you know find more hope Mm-hmm. And um, I see that happening a lot around myself. Mm-hmm. I like to talk about spirituality a lot. And mm-hmm. um, the more I talk to people about it, the more I see that people are really engaging more and more in learning and perhaps relearning something that is already inside of us. It's yeah. not that we, we kind of forgot, but it's, it's there. It's, it's part of us. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Now, what amazed me the most and actually inspired me to and make me very happy to have you in this uh, show today is that you have a very strong uh, intellectuality. You know, you have studied a lot. You have a presence, um, a remarkable presence in um, what I would call the left brain uh, way of dealing with environment, right, with climate change. So you have the data, you have the strategy, um, you have uh, you have done a lot of, a lot of things in, in terms of teaching and and going there and being being president of board of of uh, NGOs and and this kind of thing. So and as well, and you have this um, this sensitivity, this um, developed spirituality as well. So my question to you, and I've heard you saying, well, maybe I have, I I, I am the bridge, right? But if you are to be the bridge. <laughs> What would be your um, your approach, you know, to put spirituality near um, the work that you've been doing or the work that we've been doing in terms of climate change and environment so that we can have a better approach to that? What, what would you say about it? Um, I like one phrase that you, you told me the other day is that, um, you know, we have an illusion of, of, of being separated from from the source, from God, mm-hmm. and um, making the connection is basically, you know, me, uh, simply realizing that it's 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 all one. It's the the oneness uh, concept. We are. It's an inter- everything is absolutely integral, in, integral and connected, and 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 part of one soul um, source and energy. And um, w- w- once we realize that that things are not separated that if we drive a car and we're going to emit greenhouse gases we're going to damage the you know in the volume that we're doing now with these billions of cars on the streets mm-hmm. we're going to be hurting the atmosphere and that will hurt us back mm-hmm. and if you think that um in, you know the planet is one living one living um, being uh if you are hurting the atmosphere this is going to Come, come back to us. Come back on. Mm-hmm. Oh, so 
there's yeah. always a, 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 a consequence to our acts. Mm-hmm. And um, making the connection is, for me, basically, you know, going back to our essence. We need to um, open our eyes and, and, and think more slowly and, be, and, and um, have a, a, a healthier uh, life and um, reconnect with the, our essence, with our souls. Mm-hmm. Perfect. And how do you think that we could do that in a, a more massive way? You know, <laughs> how could how could we do how well, or what could we could we do to bring this concept to, um, you know, to a broader audience? Let's say like that. <laughs> One beautiful thing about spirituality and about God is that um, that connection is um, is individual. It's it's each person has to make his or her own effort. It's not something that is given to you. It's, it is within you, uh, but you have to open your eyes. It's not something that someone else will do on your behalf. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I find this beautiful. I find that that, that is a kind of a miracle. That uh, some, Why have we closed our eyes and in a way that we don't see that the main thing is right here, right inside of us? Mm-hmm. So... I, I don't believe in big movements. I believe that it's it's a one-on-one thing, and it's happening. Mm-hmm. And perhaps there's an energy going on right now, and, and people are becoming more aware that there is a part of them that needs to blossom somehow. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's by example. So if I do this in my house, my kids will see that, my husband will see that, and they will follow me. And the more we become aware of that, the more we act on our spirituality, the more other people will, you know, be, feel free to do the same. Mm-hmm. So it's, I think it's about, um, uh, you know, becoming open about it and talking about spirituality more. This mm-hmm. program of yours is amazing, you know, speaking over the internet, over the radio about it and... Uh, um, the more we talk about it freely and with love, and the more we will reach out to people and they will become less shy of, um, you know, um, um, bringing that part of them uh, uh, to the world. Mm-hmm. And I see that that is kind of an energy that con- connects people. And um, uh, I don't believe in mass media or, you know, huge uh, um, mm-hmm. religious movements. Uh, I think it's, it's about an individual call. Yeah, it's and a, uh, it's by example that people will see that that it's okay, right? It's okay to have a spirituality. Yeah. It's uh, it's it's beautiful. So yeah. let's do it. <laughs> Fantastic! It's it's uh, touching uh, upon other people's heart and one on one, right? Uh, maybe I, we can yeah. we can touch other people's heart by talking about it more freely, as you were saying. That's beautiful. Yeah. So yeah. we are about to finish. Um, unfortunately, I want to thank you very much to you know for you being part of this conversation. It was really wonderful to hear from you, uh, your your optimism, your energy, um, and the bridge that you are you know putting together these two worlds, so the left and the right brain, um, beautifully. <laughs> <laughs> so I really appreciate you being here. Um, we have just one minute left. Maybe you would like to leave a message for the audience. Yeah, I think um, from my experience, you know, connecting to nature is connecting to God. So my message would be, you know, try to connect back to nature if you were not doing that yet. And plant a tree, plant a billion trees if you can with your, 
in your movements. We need that uh, because we need to save the, the planet. And uh, when you respect the nature, you're respecting yourself, you're respecting future generations, and you're allowing uh, different types of life, lives on this planet to survive. Mm-hmm. So get engaged and don't be shy to talk about your spirituality. Bring it up whenever you can with love and people will be happy to hear that you have that good energy inside of you so i think that's my advice and sibel thank you so much i'm very happy to be here with you i want to congratulate you on this beautiful work of yours it's uh, quite amazing uh, you're doing a lot of good to people around the world so thank, thank you. you for having me thank you thank you it was a big pleasure <laughs> thank you okay so Thank you all you were, that you were listening to this. I hope you have enjoyed. Um, if you have questions, don't be shy. Just connect um, to me and um, we can connect with Rachel as well if we have some doubts. So uh, I hope you have enjoyed. I wish you all beautiful, beautiful holidays. Um, I wish you have a Merry Christmas if you, if you celebrate Christmas and uh, if you're on vacation or in a break that you enjoy it. And we're going to meet next, next week for our last um, show for the year uh, with maybe a wrap-up and a celebration for what we've been doing so far. So thank you very much as well and namaste. Thank you for tuning in to Sustainability From Within. Please join your host, Savelli Salviato, next Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until the next program, have an amazing week filled with the life you want to lead. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.